Hello, friends, and welcome to To The Point, the home services podcast that focuses on marketing and operational solutions to help you get better. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Now, let's cut through the bullshit and get to the point. What's up, To The Point listeners? It's your host, Chris Yano. To the Point Home Services Podcast. That is the name of the game. It sounds the same every single week. Along with me is my co-host, Mr. Tall Paul Redman. What is up, my friend? Yano, it's good to see you again. By the time this airs, it will be just a little over a week since we were actually together. We spent a full week together uh, working on our real job, our day job, which was great, man. It was good to spend some time with you. But I got to ask, um, from where I'm sitting right now, it looks like you have glitter on your forehead. What's going on? <laughs> you know, um, so I do have glitter on my forehead. Um, I was trying out this new uh, eyeliner. Wait, see, I don't even know what it is because I don't know anything about it. I've got a five-year-old girl, okay? And when she gave daddy a hug, when I dropped off her kindergarten this morning, she got glitter on her backpack and she rubbed it on my face, okay? That's where the glitter came from. Hmm. Did your daughter do that to you? <laughs> no. Yeah, she no, must, she did not. Hmm, she must not love you as much as my daughter loves me then. So apparently that's where the glitter came from. Hey, any any opportunity there's low-hanging fruit to bust your chops, I'm in. But um, hey, man, I'm pumped for today. I know that um, it's early to call this, but there's no way we get today's guest covered in one segment. This is going to be a two-parter for no sure. Shit. I'm calling it early. Wow. That's impressive, man. Like, that's dude, Travis, that's big expectations, dude. Yeah, you know, I uh, appreciate that. And that is honestly one of the better glitter excuses I've heard in a while. So congratulations to you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let me get to this. And I'm going to introduce our guest. So everybody knows who the hell we're talking to right now. Um, and it's interesting story. Um, and we've talked about this is that we actually are like a mile apart. Like, I, I mean, I live in a little town north of Phoenix called Anthem. Um, it's actually not technically a town, but um, it is to us. And so Anthem is where I live, northern Arizona. And, um, and, this guy and his brother um, started this badass company up there that has um, done a phenomenal job. Um, I've always seen them as a well-respected business. I mean, they're in my backyard. They are my go-to uh, heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical company. So um, I want to uh, introduce this guy real quick. But before I do it, I will also want to say um, um, I want to just share a couple things. I think you can tell a lot about somebody's business just by straight up looking at their reviews. Now, that being said... There are some people who will go out and buy reviews, right? Like it was an old school tactic. As I read through some of these reviews, it's legit. But I'm not writing, reading through all of them because in Google, there's like almost 3,800 of them. <laughs> Google reviews at five stars, man. Like it don't get no better than that. So five stars, 3,795 reviews on Google, like 360-something on your Facebook page alone. Um I mean, you guys did TP Tuesdays, man. Was it TP Tuesday or TP Thursday or something like that? TP Tuesday, yeah. We we ended up with uh, when when that shortage came, we saw that our uh, industrial or janitorial supply had tons of toilet paper. My brother <laughs> said, "Hey, let's order cases of it and just start handing it out." Dude, this was awesome. So so his brother um, Tyler, it, and him were literally standing outside of their shop, handing out toilet paper. Well, actually, it was more like throwing it into the cars, right? Because you want to be you want to keep your distance, but. Um, I thought that was brilliant. And then I, um, you know, and it was just a way, another simple way to, to give back to the community. You guys have done quite a bit of, you're super involved in our community, very well respected. And again, it shows from the reviews because the reviews 
Don't lie. But I thought TB2, TP Tuesdays was brilliant. I mean, I even referred it to some people saying, like, you should do this. That's what, you know, like, you guys did that, and that's where I got the idea from, and I shared it with them. I'm like, you want to do something creative in the community? This was pretty interesting because there was a shortage on TP. So um, com- com- I commend you guys. Now, listen. Now, you went to, you know, you're from you're from here? Cave Creek. Cave Creek. So you went to Cactus Shadows. Correct. So you were a Falcon. I'm a Falcon. Okay. So, um is your brother older or younger than you? Older. Okay. So, um, how? What's the age difference between you guys? Sixteen months. Sixteen months. Okay. So, who's smarter? You. These like warm up questions, Chris. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. CB's comfortable with the microphone. I'm getting somewhere. <laughs> uh, uh, we we have our different strengths. Okay. Okay. Um. So anyhow, Paul, I appreciate you interrupting me. Um, I was going somewhere with it, but you ruined it. Anyhow, so to our, I want to introduce our guest real quick. His name is Travis Ring. Ring. Ringy, 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 um, and he is the co-owner of ProSkill Services in technically Phoenix, Arizona. So, welcome to the show, my man. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. I can't believe your brother didn't want to come on here, or did you not give him the opportunity? I didn't invite him. <laughs> so awesome. Well, um, our paths have crossed multiple times um, uh, without ever knowing each other. So it's good to finally have you in here on the studio. This makes sense. Um, also, something pretty cool that just was announced. I think it was last week. At, uh, at uh, Pantheon, was that you guys uh, were awarded the Service Titan Titan of the Year, right? Yep, yep. Huge honor. That's where we hit the uh, the button with the cheering on it. I'm going to try to get Hang on, hold on, wait for it. So at Pantheon, you guys were awarded the Service Titan Titan of the Year. Dude. Oh, yeah, we're legit. That's right. We're a legit podcast. We know what's up. Anyhow, congratulations on that, man. What exactly, like, what happened for you? Like, what went down for you guys to get that award? You know, uh, we got on Service Titan in 2014. Uh, prior to that, we had our own, you know, little exchange <laughs> server that we were um, trying to do calendar scheduling with and uh, just built on that since since we got on. And uh, we try to help Service Titan. And we, we believe in partnerships and and helping each other. And so uh, we've done quite a few webinars and stuff with Service Titan. And uh, we had a part during Pantheon. And a lot of it revolves around our reviews and how we, you know, our process to get reviews. And so um, I don't know the the background of how it, it's, but it's a nomination and uh, they check that against criteria and we won. So. Sure. Cool. So, so do your, are your, um, so then are your peers part of the nomination process or is it an internal Service Titan thing? I believe it's internal. Okay, cool. Well, dude, listen. I mean, how many service site customers are there? There's quite a few. So that's, I mean, that's that's a pretty cool award, man. So congratulations on that. It's pretty awesome, and it's cool for me because you're like right in my backyard, dude. Yeah, it's a huge honor. Yeah, it's awesome. So um, I want to get into a little bit more about um, you, just you, how you got into the industry, kind of where you guys are at today, because you built a pretty sweet little business up there, and um, you know, and you didn't start by doing everything. You started adding the, you know, adding services. So let's, um, let's go into that real quick. Just if you would give the, the listeners just the background, you know, of the business, kind of how you got into it and then where you guys are at today and we'll start there. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. So my brother and I, uh, 16 months apart, best friends growing up, always done stuff together since elementary school. You know, we were selling kids, um, Selling kids? Uh, well, no, that's weird. Sorry, that's not a, that's not a good thing to say. <laughs> no. Selling uh, our classmates their you know uh, stuff out of the Oriental Trading Magazine when we were in elementary oh, school. I that magazine, so, yeah. Yeah, so um, we've always done stuff together. And uh, my dad was a developer, always told us to go into the trade services, kind of lost everything in the Great Recession. And uh, during that time, I actually had left the family business, went into uh, the mortgage industry, and 
that we're Boy. doing subprime loans. <laughs> yeah. The big short is basically about our, our bank. Um, and uh, my brother ended up uh, working in a home service company, a plumbing company. And uh, when I, uh, I was the contact for Fannie Mae there and I got the letter that said, Hey, we're shutting your program down. That was the only program we did. I put in my notice was unemployed. My brother finally convinced me to come work with him. And my brother always says, never put two brothers in a truck together. Um, we uh, eventually got our license and uh, started as, you know, my brother and I in a truck as a residential plumbing company. Uh, at that time, a lot of people didn't want to come to our little hometown of Anthem. You know, it was hard to get service providers. Sure. So we had a lot of customers saying, hey, can you provide air conditioning services? I said, yeah, no problem. How hard could it be? <laughs> well, it was a it was a huge failure at first. Um, neither of us knew how to do air conditioning. And the people we hired... <laughs> <laughs> didn't know how to do air conditioning either. Uh, so um, I, I crash coursed in uh, refrigeration, ended up taking that over. Um, and I still oversee a lot of the sales in HVAC today. And then uh, we added electrical about two years ago. And uh, that's kind of where we're at. So we started first year, you know, I think we did like a couple hundred thousand dollars. Definitely not the growth curve other companies these days are seeing. But we did, uh, on average, uh, we, we've grown... Uh, about 32% since inception. Um, obviously, there's a lot bigger growth years, and, and some, you know, this year's at like 29%. But uh, overall, uh, we this year our budget was about 18.5 million. We're trending towards about 20, 20.2. So we're, you know, exceeding budget, and that's where we're at. I'm crushing it, man. So cool. And, and Phoenix is not an easy market for air conditioning. We're not talking some random suburb in the Midwest. No offense to anyone in the Midwest. I mean, Phoenix is kind of cutthroat. What are you doing or what did you do early along to not just get swallowed up by all the big players? Yeah, so my brother and I, uh, the company we worked for, it was the two of us in a van uh, before. So we, we never got uh, preconceived notions on how the industry should work. And we really... Uh, so you weren't jaded yet. No, no, we, we did things our own way. So we launched, uh, it was in the middle of the Great Recession, 2009. And we said, hey, let's just be, you know, golden rule, right? Let's just treat people how we want to be treated. And uh, we rolled out no service charge, no diagnostic charge. Our idea was that, hey, we will provide you great service and we are at a price you'll like. And if you don't like it, then we'll leave. That's how confident we are in it. It worked great for a long time. We actually just got rid of that. Um, we instituted a, a diagnostic charge, and then we got rid of the diagnostic charge and just went to a service charge, primarily because it worked so well. We got known for, hey, just call ProSkill. They'll come tell you what's wrong, and then you can fix it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wait, that's not a good business model? Yeah, it's, it's tough to make money at that. <laughs> so um, we still have a relatively low service charge comparative to the industry, but uh, it's there to, to negate some of that. But... Um, so that, you know, having our own ideas and transparency, you know, we, we are fully, we're transparent with our vendors, we're transparent with our employees, and we're transparent with our customers. Uh, we didn't pave the way. People have done online sales for a long time. We took a little different avenue to it. We did uh, online sales with, you know, not a foot in the door strategy, but with a full scope of work, what it's actually going to cost. And we use that for our sales platform and, and people seem to enjoy that. Yeah, you, um, I think whenever I was looking at the site too, and just from talking to you is you guys have really leaned heavily on the, um, like I'm your next door neighbor type of approach. Um, very, very customer service driven. And I know that's like, a, sometimes people say that and it's like, a, you know, oh, we, we're all about customer service, but they're not really about 
customer service. It's about a turn and burn type of style. Or, I mean, there's plenty of people that do give great customer service. I'm not saying that, but people's motives aren't the same. But they'll lean on customer service as the, oh, we're, you know. Mm-hmm. But you guys legit, because I know, and I know of you, and I've been, and before I even knew you personally, I knew the company, um, it's true. And, again, this is where the reviews don't lie. So, um, you know, you and I were talking, um, I can't remember what it was, a couple of days ago, um, about something that I'm also passionate about that you're super passionate about, and you started to talk to talk about it just a second ago. But let's talk about partnerships and the importance of partnerships, because you don't you can't do it all on your own. There are partnerships that come into this to to hit um, exponential growth or a big growth if you're on that, and like you're on a, you guys are on a real good path for big growth. But partnerships are key, and um, you know I guess what what I think that and Paul and I've had this conversation before is. How you treat your partners absolutely matters in your growth plan and the success of your growth plan and the quickness of that growth plan, I believe, because you can be an asshole to some of your partners and lead by intimidation or, or kind of have that intimidation relationship, or you can be kind, you know, and work with them and be and have grace and, and really help with each other. And that, that's how I believe a partnership needs to be is nobody's going to nail it every time and you got to have a little bit of grace. But you have to have those partnerships. So in your opinion, like, what does that look like? You know, how how do you grow with your partners? Like, how do you and, – and, and define what your partners are because it's not just like a vendor relationship. There's multiple things, you know, that are part of this. So define that for us. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I, I think partnerships are imperative to our success. So I, I guess story time. Um, my mom growing up had a little business called Hassle-Free Permit Service. And basically, she would go pull permits for contractors. And contractors, you know, I'm a contractor, so I can say it. They're not always the nicest people. They're <laughs> a little rough around the edges, especially when they don't understand something. So um, they would go down, and they would not get any service. They would not get their permits. And then my mom, in turn, could go down, and she would get her permits, priority service. And the reason was she was so good at it is that she was kind. My mom is the she's a saint, the nicest person you'll ever meet. And uh, she would bring them seize candy. She knew the process. She had a file ready to submit. And so I learned at a young age that it's important to, you know, if you want to get the, the end result that you desire, that you got to treat people by that golden rule. And so, um, you know, v- relationships are partnerships. And it's from your marketing agency, your vendors, your insurance broker, you know, everyone that's involved in your business, if you want to get great service, I mean, I know, you know, speaking from my own uh, imperfection that if I have a customer that every time we do service for them, they call and complain, I'm, you know, I'm going to fix their complaint every time because that's what customer service is. But if I have a customer who's treated as great for years and never complained, and then they have a complaint, I'm jumping on that one full steam, making it going above and beyond because it's not normal for them. And I, that's the same relationship I think I have with a lot of my partners is that if we have something come up, they jump to fix it. And I think it's because, you know, from, it's not just me, I deal with a lot of vendors and partners, but I, we train the team the same way. You know, the, the, we had an experience where the, one of our vendors actually called and said, Hey, so-and-so was in here, one of our technicians and they're, you know, they're being rude and that's not what we have known from you guys. We thought you should know. So we realized like, Hey, we have to train our team how to treat our vendors and our partners as well. Yeah, those relationships are key all the way across the board. That's what we're getting to is it's, you know, w- with partnerships comes relationships and relationships is key. And and your relationships need to be with your vendors, need to be with your, excuse me, your team, 
needs to be with your, like your, even your manufacturers, which like, you know, um, or your software partners, like you guys are a service Titan. Um, but all of those things require, they don't require them, but it's best if you have good, good working relationships with them. And it's not a, uh, uh, me talking at you demanding things in, and listen, like there's been plenty of successful people that go about it that way. It's just not how I roll. And I've come to believe that's not how you guys roll, but those relationships are key. And this is like, we always talk about this. We've been, you know, for those who are listening for the first time, I'm the CEO of a company called Rhino Strategic Solutions, which is a digital marketing company for the trades since 2008. So I've been in the game a long time in regards to trades. It's such a relational business. And I mean, it's, even though it's huge, it's small. I feel like almost everybody knows everybody mm-hmm. and, um, and, and how you treat people will get out to others. And you don't want to be known as a guy that's an asshole and you grew your, you grew your business that way. At least I don't want to be that. And that's not, that's not you guys. Right. So you, but you like follow this methodology where I think that I saw on your guys' site, you talk about, um, booties. What was it about the booties that's on there about how you, you like, you wore the booties early on, but what was this? Do you remember seeing that on the site? You have any idea what I'm talking about? There's something about like you guys wore booties. God, I don't remember what it was. I had something. While you while you think of that, I'm going to ask a question. So I believe you are either the largest or one of the largest train dealers in the Southeast United States. Is that right? Uh, We're the largest. uh, We're one of the largest in the Southwest. Uh, (laughs) Southwest. Sorry, we're we're in Arizona, Paul. My my map is upside down. Yeah, we're the largest. like strictly residential change out for sure. We're the largest so, inverter dealer in the nation. So I want to talk about inverters here in a oh moment, but, but I want to talk about your relationship with your vendor. What role did they play in your success to becoming one of the best? Here we go. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm partners with train. Obviously they're a fantastic partner to us. And it kind of goes back to the whole strategy is that um, train has been very accommodating to our needs. Uh, we're, we are an outlining an outline area and in, in the marketing business, you guys know, you know, like for example, GSA or, or G, Google local services, LSA, yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, it doesn't work well for us. We don't have a ton of leads to capture and we don't go to metropolitan Phoenix where all the leads are. So they've let us, you know, re, um, move those funds around to doing, you know, more SEO. Accommodating, yeah, yeah, they're sure. accommodating to us. Um, they're a great partner. They stand behind their warranties with us. Um, I have no, I have no complaints, you know, that they're, they're a great partner and they've, they've, uh, we got on with train in 2014 and they've been paramount to our growth. I think the first year that we were in, that I took over, um, air conditioning, we installed, uh, around, uh, like 130 systems. I'd have to do the math again. The year before we did like seven (laughs) and, you know, now we do a few thousand a year. So the, the, the idea is that it's a relationship, right? And, we've had that benefit of them, but they've also had the benefit of us, you know, yep. growing from a couple systems to, you know, one of their largest dealers in the Southwest. So they invested, yep. they invested into your success. And then as you grew, you guys kind of, um, firmed up that, um, commitment to each other, which then allows that relationship to flourish. Absolutely. And, um, you know, who was, uh, when did you guys actually become a train comfort specialist? Probably 2015. Okay, so that wasn't too much. Okay, so that was pretty shortly after. So, so we could talk about partnership forever, but I want to go back to something you mentioned uh, early in this conversation, something that's intrigued me and actually something I'm passionate about and usually lose my mind about on the show. 
and that is um, pricing online. So you mentioned transparency for the consumers, but kind of glossed past the fact that a consumer can go on your site right now and get a, a, a quote for an almost fully configured system. Um, there's obviously a lot of hot opinions around that. Tell me about why you did that and tell me about the impact on your business. And then third, as I've completely hijacked the show, tell me about the future in pricing in HVAC. That's great, dude. Yeah, so why did we do it? Um, that's a great question. And I wish I had a great answer for you, but uh, my brother and I, we, we like to try different things. It's something we had wanted to do for a, a while. Um, and it's because we, we believe that everybody, you know, gets the same deal. And one of the things we learned as we started to get into air conditioning sales is that customers don't like when you're pencil whipping contracts and using your calculator at the kitchen table. They, it gives them an uncomfortable feeling. So we wanted to have a, a way to show transparency in that everybody pays the same price. Everybody gets the same deal, you know, and the price is the price. The way that we went about it differently, it, like I said, is that we didn't try to go in just super low price to get the, the lead, capture a lead, and then go in and upsell. The pricing on the website is for the full scope of work included. SmartAC.com. SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. And that's that's the price. Customers always say, I, I, I'm surprised that that was actually the price. I mean, obviously, if they need duct modifications, things we can't see, those aren't included. But for the most part, they pay what's on the website. And our sales team uses that in the in the house. So they don't have a separate program to go in and say, okay, well, let me build this custom proposal. They go through the website, run them through the steps and say, hey, if you want to reference it, you can go back at any time. And they use that to narrow down, you know, good, better, best, figure out what the customer wants. And then they'll actually build the proposals in Service Titan. But um, what has it done for us? Uh, well, I mean, we consistently are growing. Right. Uh, we're consistently known for high quality work and honesty, integrity, transparency. Uh, I think we got a lot of good buy-in from the community. They enjoyed it. And you know, Part of it was that when I started or when my brother and I started and even up until a few years ago, you know, we didn't really know how to price. We didn't know where the pricing was and we weren't comfortable at that point calling our competitors and asking them because they didn't know who we were. Um, but now uh, what one of the things that's lent itself to is actually, you know, rising that tide is that people are like, oh, that's what that's supposed to cost because you know, looking back, I wish I priced for where I was going, not where I was at. And we've always had to steadily increase those. Well, now we have, you know, smaller competitors who are great guys and they're saying, hey, I didn't realize that that's what it was going to cost me to do that as I grow. Yeah. And, and so that's been kind of a, a, a fringe benefit of it. So I like that rising tide raises all ships mentality. Absolutely. And you're not sending a traditional, I'm using air quotes for the listeners, a traditional comfort advisor out to spend 90 minutes in somebody's home. You're literally doing it over the phone, right? Uh, we do sell some over the phone, uh, but no matter what, we're going to be on site because we have a very thorough communication process to set our install team up for success. So they're still going to go out. They're still going to survey the home. They're still going to do a load calculation on site. We try to, you know, we, 
part of quality is, is doing the right things uh, to ensure that that quality is delivered. So I got a question. But, but they have an idea of what it's going to cost before you get there. Absolutely. Yeah. See, and that's the missing link. Like it's not unreasonable to expect someone to give you a price for how much their services cost before you get there. And I'll leave you with last point because I see Chris asking something. Here's the bad news about the model you're doing. You'll never know which customers you lost because they were turned off from the price, right? But here's the good side. It'll never matter. You're a $20 million <laughs> company without it. Like, it's amazing. I'm, I'm all in on online sales. So drop mic. Drop mic. Let me jump in on that real quick because it is a concern, right? And I have to validate it somehow so I can sleep at night. But I just saved that time. Because if I didn't like it on the website, if they didn't like the reputation that they saw, when I got out to the, the house, they weren't going to like it still. So it, it, at anything, it's just saving us time. It's qualifying leads. The leads that we get while we might lose some are high quality leads. If they're, if they click submit on that website, they're buying a unit from us. They've seen everything. They've seen the reputation. They've seen the quality. There's, there's no reason that they wouldn't buy at that point. I want, I want to hang on this. I think this is, um, I, you know, I didn't really think about this until you brought it up. So I'm glad you did, Paul. I'm glad we're talking about it. Um, I'm glad you caught it to talk about. So I'm going to commend you, my friend, for bringing up a solid topic because I'm actually pretty passionate about this piece of it. And it's because we're in the digital marketing space and conversions matter, right? So getting traffic to the website is one thing, but who gives a shit if they don't call you to do business, right? Or send a contact form to do business. That's our goal. I'm a fan of putting pricing on the site. And I mean, as long as it's reasonable pricing, right? Because at some point in time, you do have to really explain the reasoning for that cost if you're not just playing a, a, a price game, right? If you're not just trying to be like the lowest guy, you know, which is a pretty common thing people do when you first start because you're just trying to get in and do things. Um, but I like putting price on the site because I believe it actually gives a better return than not putting it on there because people are going to ask that question. That is going to come up. And why I feel so passionate about it is, you know, for those who, um, and we have a lot of rhinos that listen to this call, and, and like you and I were talking about, you know, we have a team here, and their only job is to listen to every single phone call that comes through our customer sites, every single one from start to finish. And what happens is you see so many missed opportunities because they're not willing to give a price, even a ballpark on a, you know, an installation or whatever it is. And so it's just not an option. So why not at least give an option so mm -hmm. you had the chance at getting them as a customer versus just saying, nope, you have to come out there to give a ballpark figure. figure. That just has never made sense to me. I'm, I'm totally with you. <laughs> uh, part of when people call and ask, you know, hey, I need this so-and-so price. You know, we're going to try to qualify the lead, get a comfort advisor in front of them. Obviously, we want to capture that lead, get out in person. We can still sell better in person. Of course. But, you know, a lot of people, especially with COVID, just don't want you there. And so the ability to say, hey, listen, we can, all of our pricing's online. You can go through. It's going to ask you, you know, four or five different questions. You can get a, a option sheet of the different systems available or if you would like, one of our comfort advisors can just do a, a Zoom or phone conference call with you and they'll run you through the website. They'll explain it all to you. And when COVID first started, that's the only way we presented is we would do a no, no, no contact right from you uh, <laughs> service visit um, where they would open the door. We would do our survey. We'd do our load calculation off site. And then we had set up a Zoom call that afternoon. So we ran calls in the morning and then ran Zoom calls in the afternoon. And it was very successful. Yeah, so I love that. Um, 
because and what's cool about it is like COVID's really kind of changed the game a little bit. And uh, and and Paul and I were just talking about this yesterday too. Is it's you know we're usually by the by this time have put in three hundred thousand flight miles, you know, flying all over the place. And uh and but this year we've actually been more efficient and been doing it all over you know, online, which is, which has been fantastic. And I would arguably say that our staff has become more efficient, um, you know, and even working remote, but you did utilize the no contact service call badge that we implemented early. And again, it's because we pay attention to these, to these calls. And as soon as you hear it, you just have to assume that when they get to your site, like, I like the fact that you put the cost because people are going to ask that question. That doesn't mean it's what you have to sell them. Mm-hmm. It's get them to call. And then you could, if you want to upsell, because they may not know what they need. At least they have what they they're looking for a cost. They know like an idea what it's gonna what's gonna be, if they bought that unit. Then it's on your sales guys to, to make the upsell if that's the right fit. But you, I like the fact that you've really um, you had to adapt to this. Everybody had to adapt to this change, and now I think it's completely okay to be doing online calls. I mean, Paul, have you been hearing the same thing? Like this has kind of become the norm, you know? And it, I, it is. And, and it is the norm, yeah, and and I want to go back to a moment. Did, did I just cut you off, Chris? You I'm sorry. Did you want to say something, Princess? Cut me off. <laughs> what I wanted to say, and you just railroaded the shit out of me right now. That's not like you, Paul. That's not like you. Did you take Alpha Brain this morning? Because I did. I'm feeling it. <laughs> what I damn it! I don't even know what the hell I was going to say. See, you ruined it for me. Um. Anyway, whatever. Go ahead. And ask your stupid question. <laughs> What did, um, did train get any feedback or any other train dealers complain when you were putting pricing online? So interestingly, um, I had a, again, a very close relationship with train and it was a model that they actually wanted to test. They tried to test on their own website. And it was a dismal failure because they did it, it was terrible nationwide. It's like, <laughs> you know, contractors don't even pay the same for equipment nationwide, you know, so certain areas get far less expensive equipment for whatever reason. Sure. So um, it didn't work well for them and they couldn't put it, everyone's scope of work is totally different. So that was a dismal failure, but they wanted to see if it would work for contractors. The problem with a lot of train dealers is that they're typically premier contractors and they're scared to put that price out there. So train actually allowed us to use our co-op to develop it. And so they were, they were a partner nice. in the website, you know? Um, so they did get feedback. You know, th- their thing was you can't have online sales if you're not installing it. As long as you're installing it, you're the installing dealer, you're in the clear. Um, and no, I, I get questions from train dealers all the time if, you know, they can, you know, get get information on it, get feedback. Uh, you know, one of the dealers uh, took the whole platform and plagiarized it. So, <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. So it doesn't um, happen. do you think that any of the non-installing like tech companies, like buy an air conditioner from me.com or whatever that are now subbing, trying to sub out to people, do you think those will ever take off? I think there's gotta be a level of, um, trust built. And, and I don't, that's, there's always a concern in our industry of, you know, Tesla, Google, Amazon's going to come in and take over the industry and, you know, Uberize it. But Uber took on a person who, you know, was maybe underemployed or unemployed. They had free time on the weekends at times when people needed the rides. Um, and they're largely unskilled jobs. I mean, no as long skill. as you have a license, that's fine. Our industry already has a labor shortage. And so if you think you're going to find technicians who have to be licensed to go do this work on the side, to work on the side after they've already put in 60 hours, I, I you, they need the people, first of all. 
Um, and you're, you're at the end of the day, installing unfinished goods and the finish is what determines the longevity of the product. And I'm not saying they can't. Um, I just, I think it's going to be a lot more challenging than taking over the retail spaces or the, the taxi services, the unskilled labor jobs. Yeah. I, uh, I have, here's my two cents on that. I've gotten that question and even had people reaching out to me to build it many times. Um, many, you know, contractors wanted to build up that model. The only way I see it working today is if you had a, you had a large company with a phenomenal brand and it was yourself. It was like, you're not trying to take over the entire nation, but like for your market, you could buy online, you know, buy a system online, good, better, best. Here you go. And then they do the installation. Um, but like we have people here in this market that have created their own, you know, site, you know, probably know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't know that I'm completely bought into it yet, but show me the data, prove me wrong. I think if you, if you, I mean, this is if you're creating its own standalone brand, but um, I see like potential with it for sure. I mean, like I can see it. I just don't know how far off it is. And, and you brought up like the Tesla, Google, Amazon thing. And it's something that, um, you know, you're going to be attending our first uh, Rhino X service summit in October with our partner, Gary V. And that's actually a topic we're going to talk about is this, what is it, you know, because everybody's like Tesla, Google, Amazon, you're right, man. Like labor's going to win the game, but there's still a labor shortage. Like, is that going to change in the next two years? It's been fucking 12 years and it's never changed since I've been involved in this. It's the same thing. It's been happening over and over. Now, that being said, I really do hope and think that, with COVID exposing us as an essential business, I say us because we're in the same business. Um, I do believe that we will start to see a shift. And so like, I, you know, we have the schools here, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And I try to check in to see like, what is participation looking like? Like what's enrollment looking like to see if there's an, an increase. And so it looks like there's like some good, finally some really good buzz around it. And you know what had to happen was COVID had to happen to expose like, Hey, guess what? You're who gives a shit about your degree, man. You weren't working. And my guys are out cause you don't want your house to be hot and stinky. Like you got to have plumbers and HVAC guys in there. Listen, our industry, uh, it well, you got contractors selling AC units that they don't want to install, right? <laughs> you got contractors who want people that they don't want to train though. Our industry as a whole has to buy into training these young guys. They, they're not going to come, truck ready out of school. Mm-mm. So one of our main focuses going for the last few years has been to bring in these guys right out of school. But we've got guys out of diesel mechanic school. As long as they're mechanically inclined, they can learn the trades and invest in those guys. And uh, everyone can only steal each other's employees so much. Sure. At some point, we got to invest sure. into the future of our businesses. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, the, the trade schools are, I mean, you got one literally across the street, right? Yeah. Uh, they have an adult program over there at West now that I've got two guys out of that are, have turned into phenomenal technicians, but they got, they need to get a chance because if we all just say, well, we need more people. And then these kids come out of school and we're like, well, we need five years experience too. Then we're going to continue down the same road of it. There's a labor yep. shortage. Yep. Yep. But part of this too, isn't you just, you know, and, and I see this over and over again, like indeed isn't your answer guys. Like, Guess what? Check Indeed for technicians and look how many listings are on there. Like here at Banks is like 500,000. It's a stupid number. And everybody offers a sign-on bonus. It's got to be more than that. But you have to invest in these people. I'm not saying you don't give a sign-on bonus. Obviously, you would know better than, than me, but I've seen it all. You know, because for us, a lot of times, it's we have to pause internet marketing campaigns, lead generation campaigns, because there's not enough staff to keep up with volume. It's a pain in the ass. So, but you mentioned like West Mech is right across from our headquarters here. And, um, you know, and... Community is key. 
And so we have a lot of listeners too that, you know, maybe just like you and your brother stepped out and kind of did your own thing or you know, started small. Um, they're always looking for ways to do things that might just be sweat equity, right? Where you don't have the money to put into it yet. Cause all you're trying to do is sell your way to keep your head above water. So community is key. And you guys have done an exceptional job in our community of making yourself the preferred company, but it's also, um, based on, you know, your, um, reputation and your views. So in your opinion, what are some key things that you guys did in the community that really kind of put you guys in, the, uh, you know, in the forefront? Whenever somebody's, you know, like somebody says something goes wrong in Anthem, we're like, "Hey, man, ProSkill." You look in the Facebook groups; everybody says ProSkill, ProSkill. And there's like maybe one or two, you know, one-offs, but everybody says your name over and over again. And you know how it is, because if it takes one pissed-off person to blow that whole thing up, so um, you guys have done a good job of it. So maybe share some examples to the listeners of what they could do. Yeah, I think uh, community, so we're running, you know, 50, 55 trucks in a very small service area. Um, so getting that community buy-in is really important for us, for the longevity of the company. Right. And so uh, early on, we were, you know, before Facebook groups and Nextdoor were a thing, we were on the community forums and just yep. always offering free advice. So, you know, before we got on, we talked about my brother who was, doing a, a YouTube video of, you know, probably how to put salt in your salt tank or whatever yep. for your water softener. We try to provide unbiased, free information, be helpful to the community, offer advice. Um, we uh, didn't pioneer it. Actually, Rosie on the house pioneered it, but we really adapted to super cooling. We found oh, yeah. it could make, save customers hundreds of, hundreds of dollars a month, wrote blogs about it, set up thousands of customers. So we're, we got really well known for that. And I, I think the community just bought into like, hey, these guys are really trying to help. They're not just here to just take our money. They're Sell here to, yeah. to give back. Yep. So as an extension of that, uh, last end of last year, my brother said, you know, have you ever seen Amazon Smiles? And I said, yeah, you know, it gives back to charity. And so he said, well, what is local? And he posed that question to me. And I said, I, 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 you, you work close to the community? And he's like, it's not. It's people that buy into the community by supporting it. So you can be local to multiple communities, even if your building's not in that community. That's good. Yeah. And so uh, we started a program called ProSkill Cares, where we give people similar to Amazon, you sign in through a specific Amazon link, yep. they donate, right? Yep. So we assign local charities that are in the neighborhoods and groups that uh, serve the communities that we're in. And we give them that phone number and we attribute re revenue from the referrals they give us back to them. And so uh, that's what we always ask customers too on those pages is, you know, what's local to you? Is it the person who just lives next door or is it the people that are supporting your kid's band in the, the local pet shelter and the charities that, that you want supported in your community? So, um, but I think it's really giving away that information and uh, just being helpful to the community, supporting what, what the community cares about. You think it's important to give without expectation, right? Absolutely. Of course. Cause that's how you, that's being genuine, right? Like, it's, oh, here's what I think. <clears throat> and I think this just comes to a lack of understanding how that really works. It seems weird to give and not expect something in return because most people give hoping to get something in return. So it's actually a mindset shift you have to make. Um, and it's something that we adopted fairly early, but it was tough for me, you know, to just expect nothing in return. Um, if you expect nothing in return, you can't be disappointed when you don't get anything in return, you know, but I think what you'll find is you'll be, you'll be surprised on how much you actually do get in return because you're giving 
you know, without that expectation. So um, you guys have done a good job of that up there. And one thing that I think you guys also did well for the listeners is you guys get really involved in like the chamber groups and, um, you know, the networking groups and things like that, which by the way, I hate doing them. So I don't do it, but early on, Bet your ass, man. I was in there doing all that stuff. Oh, if, if you're a new startup or, or just looking to grow with no budget, there's no better payback than getting on every next door Facebook group that's in your community and every, well, it's not networking. It has changed with COVID too, but sure. they all have a, you know, digital. It's easier. Meet. Yeah. It's freaking easier. You get to sit at your computer. So they get in your ass up at 7 a.m. and going these things. I get her at 6 a.m. Absolutely. Going. The more you can be in front of people, getting your brand and your name in front of them, uh, it's it's paramount to your success and it's it's literally just your time yeah yeah and um, hold on hold on i got someplace else i want to go with that you go ahead Um, it's better than mine so um one thing you guys also did that i thought was really cool is that um and your brother did this because he came to my shop um and so i also own a a, a, i'm gonna give a shout out to my own company t-shirt shop it's a custom apparel store i've had for like eight years um, well, he came to the store, but he was going to multiple locations um, on video and doing like promotions. And I forget what it, for forget what the reasoning was for it. Black Friday, thank you, or, or Small it. Business Saturday. Small, Small Business Day. Saturday, thank you. That's it. And it was you know to promote all the local businesses, and it doesn't cost him anything except his time, which I know there's valuable time. But like if you're early on, sweat equity is, is like the best way to go. Mm-hmm. But it also creates exposure, you know, for him. But um, I mean for you guys too. But he went and did that, and that was time consuming. But it was, I was grateful for that. Like as a, as a small business owner up there, like I was really grateful that he did that and there was exposure for him. But in turn, that makes me think like, man, I got customers come in here, put your stuff in my store. Like I'm cool with that, you know? And, uh, and so I thought that that was a really good play that you could use. And especially with social media being as massive as it is right now with people being home more and being on it more, it's a perfect time to get involved with little things like that. Okay, Paul, go ahead. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for letting me participate in my own podcast. Um, hey, back at the beginning of this conversation, Chris mentioned 3,700 Google reviews at a five-star rating. Most of our listeners who are listening to this will think, huh, that's a lot and that's probably bullshit. However, you're not using any sort of widget, any sort of software. Like This is legit something you've baked into the process at your company. Can you explain how you've done that? Yeah, a little little plug for my buddies at Service Titan. I have a webinar called Building a Review-Based Culture, and I go through the process in depth. We need a whole nother podcast for it. But, I mean, the... the, the okay, note it. <laughs> the, uh, the premise is that, yeah, we have buy-in from the team, from, from the dispatchers that answer the phone to the technician on site. We communicate through the process. You know, you can track the technician on the way to the house. Technician does a job. They do a walkthrough at the end and they say, Hey, are you satisfied with everything today? Oh yeah. You know, it's great job, Chris. Thank you very much. Awesome. Just so you know, we get rewarded for great customer service. If you got time, you're going to get a survey after this. It's going to ask you to leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it. It really helps me out. Boom. Close the job right through service time. They get an instant follow-up, you know, Hey, how was your service today? If you're not happy, please let us know. We're not perfect. We screw up all the time. We have some one-star reviews, but we don't have nearly as many lasting one-star reviews as we've gotten because we are always proactive in fixing them. We race to see who can fix that problem the fastest at, at the in the management team. So um, that's part of it. Uh, yeah, we've never bought, you know, never purchased, never wrote our own reviews. And I always tell people I, I wouldn't because it's too easy to get reviews. All you have to do is go out and do a good job, do what you say, and ask, and ask for the review. And ask. <laughs> wow. You know, and people don't understand. Quotable. Yeah. 
depending on the season, you know, 350 to 700 calls come in through our Google Maps page every month. So, you know, you can't put a value on that. Right. Yeah. And you know what they have, you guys have, it's not like I just mentioned to Google and Facebook. I didn't mention all the reviews they have on Yelp and Better Business Bureau and Angie's List. Like, and you have it on the site, like clean, you know, clear as day is like what they all are. So you're not faking all that. Like it can't all be fake. Right. So by the way, um, you just, you just, uh, set yourself up for another episode on reviews. And, uh, I didn't know about the review thing on service Titan. So we got to make sure that you share that yeah. so we can share it. Yeah. I, I'm passionate about customer service. I'm passionate about people. And, and interestingly, I don't really, I'm not a people person, but I do care about how people are treated. And I want, when, when my company goes out, I want to set the precedent of this is what you should expect for service. And Makes perfect sense. I mean, you are in the customer <laughs> service business. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's super authentic. Um, I want to go back to partners. I'm bouncing all over the place. Um, but you talked about taking care of your partners and being a good partner. You know, give me some examples of like things you've done with your vendors or different people you've worked with to just show them that you've appreciated them. And then how does that come back to you? Hang on. Without on. expectation. Let me tell you where this comes from, okay? So for those who don't know, Tall Paul is a district manager for Linux, and he was a territory manager for Linux. And Paul loves to tell his story about how he got beat up by one of his first contractors. So he's very sensitive to this partnership, you know, this partnership conversation. So <laughs> this is where this is coming from. Carry on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not groundbreaking. Uh, thank you helps, you know, acknowledging <laughs> their hard work. Um where they break that thank you thing down for the listeners a little bit. <laughs> Acknowledging make that actionable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Acknowledging them, uh, you know, sometimes you, you're in a pinch and you need help. You know, I think uh, uh, acknowledging that they're they're helping you succeed is really important. Um, so it, it's just it's small things. You know, it's being kind when you go into the supply house. These people are dealing with people that are hot, frustrated all day long that are yelling at them. If you spend any amount of time in a supply house, you'll figure that out real quick. <laughs> you can tell by the look on the on the counter guys' faces that they're not happy. You know, so I always go in and I try to change their mood. Try to um, what for a while they would before they shut it down. You know, I'd call the the guys that I knew that were always helping me out and say, "Hey, driving by Culver's or driving by the gas station, what do you want?" You know, and again, it, you know. It's, it, it's, do, do I give without expecting anything for return? Of course, I'm happy to help anybody. I'm happy to help my competitor next door. At the same time, I want to reward them when they are helping me. It's the, it's the law of sure. reciprocation, right? Sure. Like they're helping me. I, I owe them something. And I think one of the bigger problems is that people want to say that they're solely responsible for their success and they don't give credit where credit's due for all the people that helped get them there. That's good. Law of reciprocation. I made a note of that, so Paul. Good. I made a note of that just for you. Paul, I just want you to know, real quick, I appreciate you. You know what, Chris? I appreciate you. Kyle, I appreciate you too, buddy. Who's um, Kyle? Kyle. <laughs> Kyle's behind the camera? Sorry. guess you just got to wonder who Kyle is. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about a little bit more about that for a second because I think um, you mentioned that you even help your competitors, which, and listen, like I have great relationships with some of my competitors. Um, and regardless of the size of the companies, um, we're buddies, man. Like, and we don't all nail it all the time. Um, and so there's plenty of times we hop in late, they'll shoot me a text message and say, Hey man, we can't figure this piece out and, and I'll help them to an extent, you know, I am in a competitive industry, but there's certainly a lot of things I can do to help them and vice versa. And sometimes it's just bouncing ideas off of each other. 
because we're all in it together. Like we're in the same game. And, um, you know, but you have to play nice in the sandbox, right? Let's talk about that. So, um, you and I kind of talked about this. Why, why is it so important for you to play nice in the sandbox? Cause let's face it. There's some of your buddies and some of your friends that do not play nice in the sandbox and mine and mine. But why do you think it, well, I mean, why is it so much more important to play nice in the sandbox? Yeah. Don't talk shit about your peers. Yeah, I don't. I, there's no reason to. No one, no one looks at that as a positive thing. Your Mm-mm. customers don't. Your team exactly. doesn't. Like no one likes it, um, unless it's people that just thrive on drama, which aren't good team members anyhow. You, you don't want to deal with that. So, um, but yeah, look again. The 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 tide raises all ships, right? Yep. So we need each other. No one can. Um, you know, my wife is a domestic uh, engineer. She's a stay-at-home mom. She can't sympathize with what I go through. Domestic engineer. Yeah. Well played. Yeah. Um, the, uh, but <laughs> my buddy down the street who owns an air conditioning company and deals with, and customer service all the time, he can sympathize with me. He does know what I'm going through. And so it's almost been a little bit of a therapy session to get to know my competitors and work together. And we can say, Hey, you know, uh, did you get this job? Did you get this job? No. Or, Hey, we're both going up on against each other on this job. And it's been great feedback. And I'm not talking, you know, price fixing type of stuff. Sure. It's just like, hey, let's let's help each other. Camaraderie. You know, camaraderie. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, we'll go to the lake with each other and, and just exchange ideas. And I think that's important. There, there's, there's, it's said a lot, but I don't know if people always live it. There's so much work out there. Yep. So much work. Yep. We have a, a shortage of, of skilled tradesmen. So th- you're going to do just fine. Especially here when we have how many 110 plus days this summer? Yeah, like weeks, going on weeks and weeks. It's of fantastic, yeah. by the way. So um, I think it is important. And, you know, it's, it's, it's made my life easier dealing, knowing that I'm not the only one. One of my favorite things is that we all go through the same things at the same time. I'll right. get a, I'll get multiple texts in one week last week. Hey, are you, is your service slowing down? Yeah. Yeah. My service is slowing down. And just so you know, three other guys text me that too. So <laughs> we're all experiencing the same thing. And there's a little bit of uh, of relief that comes with that, knowing that it, you're not failing. It's just, you know, Hey, the system's already broke. And it's not your marketing company's fault. And it's not your, and, and yeah, your marketing company's <laughs> doing a great say job. It. Say it, <laughs> say it out loud. That is, that's the opposite of what you see in these Facebook groups online. Oh, you just see like, I did $10 million today and here's a Ferrari, like all the time. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, Pe- who's posting that? People skew stuff to their favor for oh, sure. Oh yeah, but. man. Perception. Well, um, no, that's actually, that's, that's, I mean, listen, it's been 110 plus here for weeks degrees. Like, and guess what? Shit slows down. Like that's a lot of days of stuff breaking. And, and, and listen, it's, it's a blessing. Trust me, especially after some of the previous years where like heat was like, even last year, I think heat was a little bit more minimal. Um, and it got here super late. Um, but it's, you know, you got to play nice in the sandbox. And, and at some point in time, I believe you're going to need, you're going to need people, you know, those people and, and nobody wants to help an asshole, you know? So yeah, <laughs> Right, Paul? <laughs> are you gonna put are you gonna put that on the wall, Chris? Nobody wants to help an asshole. That's pretty <laughs> yeah. good. That's pretty good. I should put that on the wall. What do you think, Kyle? I think I should put that in your office. <laughs> He's like the nicest guy ever to call. call but you are correct. I never want to help you. Yeah, because you're because you're, <laughs> you're an asshole. So um, I'm just kidding, Paul. I care about you. Okay, so listen. For the sake of time, I think we're like somewhere around like 50 minutes, 45 minutes, somewhere around there. Is that is that fair? Okay, cool. So last question. I love asking this question because it's, um, yeah, and even though I kind of gave you the heads up on it, uh, it's important because 
you didn't nail it this whole way through. You still learn things along the way, just like everybody else. And everybody makes mistakes. I don't give a shit how well old machine you got today. There's human interaction, so mistakes happen. No matter how good your processes are and all this stuff. But, um, you know, in your journey, you've clearly done a great, a great job. And the thing that you've nailed along the way is you're um, genuinely caring about customers, your customer service side of things, um, amongst other things. But what is, uh, what is one thing... If you go back and tell young Travis, young Travi, and whew, let's see, 2014, 15-ish, right? It was when you guys came up with train, mm-hmm. um, whatever. Like, what what would you go back and tell young Travis to do differently on this path? Yeah, so I'm going to, I'm not going to give you one. I'm going to give you a few. Give I me could, a few. Uh, first thing I would have done is, uh, you know, again, our, our control, our growth was um, controlled by choice. You know, we, we only expanded our service area a little bit. We didn't go valley wide. We still do that. But um, we still had rapid growth, you know, in the grand scheme of things. And so I would have, um, looking back now, or if I, I'm going to come more from a strategy if I started a, a new business sure, today sure. than looking back. Totally okay, because uh, you're giving advice to yourself based on what you know now. Sure. I would establish my procedures up front uh, so that I didn't have to look back and try to fix things so that everybody had the expectations going forward of what, what was expected from, from the day they were hired. Um, I would price for where my goal was to get to. Um, again, is something I mentioned earlier is that we price for where we are at. Hey, we can make money. We're working out of our garage. We don't have to market. We're, you know, it's all you know, networking and, and, and internet advertising that's free, Craigslist. You know, So we priced to reflect that. But as we grew, we couldn't maintain that. And so we had to keep doing these price increases and price increases where I think it would have been a lot more stress-free to grow if we had just priced for the service we were providing, not the size we Hallelujah. were. Hallelujah. Yep. And what you think the perception is like what you have to come in at to get the job. Yeah, yep. exactly. Um, I would, uh, and, and, you know, and, and more in your arena, I don't have a horrible brand, but I don't have the best brand. I probably would have established a little bit different brand up front, a really strong brand. I would have invested up that at the very beginning to make sure that I was easily recognizable in the community. I, we get all the time, hey, we see your trucks everywhere. But, you know, again, we don't know what we didn't get because maybe we could have made it more recognizable or more um, have a big, bigger draw to our ideal customer. And uh, I would have started earlier investing in, in people. Uh, and especially technicians, young people. Um, you know, I'm a millennial. You're just. I'm 41. What, what, he is so, not a millennial. I'm not a millennial. Right. Chris is. You're not. like right outside. I am right outside. But so thanks for bringing that up, Paul. Appreciate you. You know, uh, millennials get a bad rap. <laughs> and I have some millennials on my team that are absolutely fantastic <laughs> people, fantastic, you know, teammates. And uh, I, I can't say enough good things about them. And same thing with the generations below them. You know, these guys are coming out of school. They work hard. They're hungry. They, they buy into our processes and customer service. So um, I, I think that's what our trade really needs to do is start investing in these kids and teaching them the way they want it done. And as long as you're taking care of people to the best of your ability that they can't go somewhere else, I mean, that that's the excuse we get a lot. Sure. Is that, well, I'm going to train them. They're going to go leave for a buck. Well, don't pay them a under what they're worth, I guess, you know, <laughs> you got to have, and, and culture plays, Good. plays a role in that. Um, culture is a lot harder to maintain right sure now is. through COVID because we can't have the company parties. We can't have the awards meetings, but overall, I, I think we got to really invest in people. Dude, that's solid. Um, we, 
obviously have quite a few millennials on staff here. And, um, and listen, I, I'm a dad to a millennial. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, you know, I mean, Kyle is a millennial. Kyle does our podcast production is like, I think that Kyle is like the unicorn of millennials though. So he's a badass. Um, more motivated at 19 than he's 20 now, but he was more motivated at 19 than he's I not a millennial. Oh, that's right. He is not a millennial. Cause you're, you're right on the cusp on the opposite Zoomer? side of me. He's a boom. What's that called? Zoomer. Zoomer. Gen Z. Gen Z? Yeah. Gen Z. I thought but too. It's like a, okay. Well, whatever. Chris is a, Chris is a boomer. I'm a boomer. Son of a bitch. I'm a, bo- <laughs> I'm a boomer. What are you laughing at Travis? No, you're Gen X, right? I don't know what the hell I am. I'm just a badass. That's what I am. I'm generation badass. All right. Hey, listen, man, I appreciate all the information. Just a real quick recap. You said you, you know, like procedures in place, um, which I think that is everybody learns that. Like, but you kind of go into it with your hair on fire, trying to sell stuff, and then trying to under you know, you're underpricing it to get the job. When you learn, like, it's not worth the time to do. I did the same shit for way too long early on in this business. I was putting in stupid hours and making pennies yep. on the dollar. Um, you know, and then the price for what you want that is key. Um, you know, is it, if something's easy to you, doesn't mean it's, you should charge that way. Like if it's easy, it's because you have acquired that skill set and you need to charge accordingly for those things and you need to charge for what you want. And branding, I'm glad you brought that up. It's, I think COVID really exposed, um, for a lot of companies, if you didn't have a solid brand, you might've been in deep shit. Um, and so I think branding is key. And a lot of times Paul and I will talk about, um, then we have customers who have a phenomenal brand and that brand if you, the better the brand, the better the conversion rate, the better the lead generation, the lower the cost per lead. Like it all goes hand in hand without question. I could say that for a fact. That's how that works. So branding is key and it's never too late to do a rebrand. Do not let that scare you. If you rebrand the right way with the right company, we don't, Rhino doesn't do branding, but I know a lot about it. If you do a rebrand the right way, it's okay. You guys did uh, a rebrand, right? Didn't, weren't you, you guys were plumbing. First, and then you guys went to the service, like, and it's not a huge thing. It doesn't need to be like this big, complete shift, right? But it's okay to establish a, a really good brand because then you got in the back of your mind the what if yep. I would have done it differently, and then investing in people clearly is what it's all about. Like, the best way you can service your customers is by investing in your people. You know, the more you care about them, the more you take care of them, the more they're going to take care of your customers. And guess what? Your customers keep coming back to you. It's a beautiful little cycle. Absolutely. So, man, I appreciate you coming on here, sharing all your knowledge and wisdom. If so, Michael Lee Gerber, if you're listening, I'm sure he is. I did not say tips and tricks. I said knowledge and wisdom. And uh, see, I learned too. I'm always learning. But I um, appreciate you guys on here, man. I love watching the business grow, um, you know, and, and maybe next time you'll let your brother in on it and we can bring him in here and then we'll bust his balls about how we didn't let him on the first time. But it was your fault, not me. Mm-hmm. Um, I wondered why he, why he wasn't here and now I know why because you didn't say anything. So, uh, totally okay. But um, I appreciate you being on here. Again, um, congrats on your uh, Titan uh, of the Year award. That's awesome. And all the success. Wait. See? That's my dog. So good, Kyle. That's my dog. 19 years old. That's my dog. He's 20, dude. He's 20. He's 20. He's 20. Unbelievable. So, um, listeners, we appreciate you guys so much. Thanks again for all the reviews. Uh, We get them when they come through. We see every single one. Thank you so much. Um, And I'm really happy that the uh, messages I'm getting – about to stop picking on tall Paul have slowed down. I'm sure after this, it might pick back up, but it is what it is. So thank you so much until next time. We'll see you. Thank you for listening to, to the point. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a review in the app store and don't forget to share with your friends till next time. Kick some ass.